Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you with us on the show today. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Jenna Morton. And I'm very thrilled that you were the one to use the word excited today, because usually I start every episode, we're so excited. We're, that should be our theme song. <laughs> we're so excited. But, but we really are. We are, because we have a fantastic guest with us in the studio today. And I know that everyone, their ears are just going to like totally start perking up once we tell you why this guest is here. Yes. So we have the founder and the president of Eastgate Academy with us, which is a brand new private school that is opening in the greater Moncton area. Magda Berger, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> so everyone now is just going, what, what? Private school? Mm -hmm. What's happening? Yes, yeah. So we are also very excited about it. Um, it's been almost, well, three and a half years in the making now to get us to this point, but we're ready to launch. So Eastgate Academy is um, going to be Moncton's first private school, focusing uh, starting in the middle years and then going through to grade 12. Um, it was something that when we first moved, we were looking for in the community and didn't exist. And we liked Moncton so much, we decided that rather than to move to where the schools are, we would just stay and create it here. I love that. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, uh, if, if I'd known how much it was involved at the time, it may have but I'm very happy we got to this point. And so we're ready to open this fall and we have a fantastic principal who's come on board and we are opening grades five and six, like I said, this uh, September. And uh, we have a facility in Riverview. So it's 200 Carolee Road. It's the old Gunningsville school. So it's already a school, which yeah. is amazing. Uh, and we have space leased there and our plan is as soon as we have the enrollment numbers to support it to build a permanent facility uh, in Moncton proper. So that's in the works in the background. We just need um, the community to want it and yeah. then we can create it. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that you say that, that you decided to stay and create what you needed here mm -hmm. rather than go look for it because that's how communities grow. That's how we improve and bring new things to the area so that is so exciting yes that's what we were thinking when we um well i mean when the idea first popped up we obviously thought it was crazy and like that's <laughs> a lot of work and why would anyone do that but then that was what we said you know at, at this stage of our lives we you know we have our careers we're growing our family if rather than looking around for who else is going to do this for me we said maybe we're those people that are just supposed to start doing some things and uh and so then it just kind of organically snowballed to where we are here. Obviously, a lot of people had to come on board. So we have a great community um, and a great board behind it and a lot of people to kind of get it to this stage. But I was so encouraged at every step because, um, because we would be cold calling and then just meeting people through a friend or a connection and all the people came around the table that needed to be there and so it's it's kind of it's become a fun project to work on so there's uh there's a lot of motivation behind it and everyone's on the same page and excited about getting it going excellent so i have about a million and a half questions okay. but we're okay. going to start with um why did you feel the need for it in Moncton? Like, what did you find was missing? Right. So um, I guess for us, um, we're not from here originally. And I grew up in Winnipeg and we lived in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Montreal before settling here. Um, this was always, we sort of always expected that we would have options for our children's education when they got older. And um, what was striking to me when we moved to New Brunswick was that um, it was based on postal code, like this is where you're going and your options were uh, the French system if you qualified or the English system and that was sort of it. And that's fine, like it's a strong system, it's just I'm um, of the mind frame that families and kids kind of 
do better when they have different options. Mm -hmm. So you don't know where your child is going to thrive and it would be nice as a parent as they get older if they're not doing well or you want a different social environment or you want a more rigorous academic curriculum or you just want something else, it would be nice to be able to say okay well then I'm just going to put you here instead or move, move around. So what was missing for me was the options A, B, C, D, E. And I'm someone who, when I make a plan, it's it's good to have that, but I want to know what my contingencies are. And not having them made me very nervous as a mom because I just didn't know how my children would be doing in the school system. And not knowing what my other alternatives were uh, made me a little bit uncomfortable. And then the other part was I didn't... Um, there's no place here that's offering the international baccalaureate curriculum, uh, especially in the earlier years. So uh, Mathieu Martin has the IB diploma program for the higher years. And I can't speak to it because I don't have experience and I don't have kids that go there. Um, but I, I know it's treated as a bit of a gifted program in a lot of high schools. And that's true not just here, but across uh, Canada. Yeah, I grew up in a community where there was one high school that had the IB program. Yeah. And you would have to transfer in basically unless you happen to live in that area and it was very much seen as oh you're you're achieving very well academically why aren't you going over there yes exactly so treated as as in that way but that's not the intention behind ib um the international baccalaureate curriculum is a global standard of education and it goes from the pre-k all the way through grade 12 they've got programming at every level and it's not intended to be only for select academically gifted children it's intended to be sort of a robust curriculum that all children can do well in if taught appropriately. And the earlier you start, the more likely you are to succeed at the higher levels because it just gradually increases the, the difficulty and uh, their time management skills and their learner profile improves as they go through so that they can all achieve success in the higher years. So that wasn't uh, available to us here and we knew that it was available in other places and that was kind of what was missing. We said, you know, we're, we wanted something that was a little bit more, um, internationally standardized. Okay. Yeah. Are you a teacher by trade? I am not. You're not? No. Okay. So how did you know about this? Just because you grew up around it? Uh, so actually, no. So both of my parents are mechanical engineers and my sister and I are both physicians. So we did not grow up around just teachers. Just a bunch of brilliant people. <laughs> just, just, just brilliant people. Just yeah. people who like live in school for a really, really, really long time. Yeah. So I was very um, academically focused right. my whole life. And um, what the, the reason I knew about it is because I, uh, I sort of... <laughs> I research everything and as it relates to my family as when I started having children and we started having our own family that's when I started you know obsessively reading parenting books and education books and so it's 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 that but I also knew that in different cities where we lived I kind of took it for granted that they just always existed. Right. You know, like if you, um, all the major urban centers in Canada have ample opportunities and options for, for children, um, whether that's private schools, religious schools, charter schools, and, and whatnot. The average across Canada is, um, I think, seven and a half percent of students attend a private or independent school in Canada. Mm. Um, that rate goes up as high as 13% in British Columbia and Quebec. And in New Brunswick, it's less than 1%. Mm. Like it's just a non entity here. So we just knew it existed. We saw them modeled really, really well. Um, and so that's how I knew about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it is. I, I mean, you, know, you have some taste of that having grown up in Ontario. And I know when I lived in Alberta, there were schools that were very specifically STEM schools and arts and culture schools. Yeah. Even if they were within the public system, there was still that sense of choice and option that yet yeah, is not, yes. not here yeah. at this time. That's right. So that that was exactly it. We we just knew it was there elsewhere, and we thought we would try to bring that here. Do you have any assumption as to why New Brunswick doesn't do that? 
Oh, I think that's probably multifactorial. Okay. Um, I think part of it is population size and just mm -hmm. how distributed people are. Um, private schools, they do exist in smaller centers. The smallest kind of population grouping would maybe be around the 100,000 people mark. Maybe yeah. th there may be smaller that I'm just not aware of, but that's usually kind of the, the critical mass where you start seeing them popping up because people are demanding it and you get that opportunity. So because I think people are so spread out here, maybe that's not common. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that the public school has done a really good job of meeting most people's needs. You know, it, it is, it's, uh, I haven't heard a lot of global, I mean, well, there's obviously people are very passionate about education, so you're going to hear a lot of negative and positive, but on the whole, um, you know, I, maybe there hasn't been as much of a desire because people are happy with what they have available to right. them. Um, so as we get more people moving to New Brunswick from away who are aware of this as an option or who just want something different for their children, that's what's really kind of driving that motivation. I think that that's going to continue to change and you're going to see more popping up, hopefully. 100%. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think it's kind of timing out perfectly for you to have started this journey and now it's kind of aligning with this huge exodus that we're seeing of, you know, people leaving Ontario and westward and coming to the East Coast and they're used to having options. Yes. They're looking for options. They want to know, even if they don't choose that, that those options are there. That's like you right. said, having that, that knowledge that something else exists. Yeah makes a big difference. Yeah, I think it gives you peace of mind as a parent and um, because you know you just don't know how your child is going to do in any environment and it would be nice to know that you can you know potentially move them to somewhere else if they're struggling or just not doing as well as they could be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Or if they could be doing better and they don't have the option. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can think of a million scenarios where that, <laughs> oh, could, yes. that could happen. Absolutely. Um, so it's a private school. Yeah. What does that entail? So what it means to be a private school here, and every jurisdiction is different, every province is different, but what it means to be a private school here is that um, we are sort of independently regulated. So uh, Specifically, I guess what that means for parents and students is that uh, it falls under the same jurisdiction as um, basically homeschooling or independent schooling. So um, same as the other private schools or if you choose to opt out um, of the New Brunswick public education system, uh, if you do that, you have to document like what people are learning and, you know, have the parents sign off and, and kind of opt out. But it doesn't fall... Um, we don't have the same oversight as what public schools uh, would have in the province. And for that reason, Eastgate um, has been structured the way it's been structured because we feel accreditation is incredibly important and mm -hmm. some standard is incredibly important. So having the international baccalaureate per, um, programming made available is our first step. It's going to take a couple of years before we're granted accreditation because we have to prove ourselves to the IB that we are following their kind of um, instructions. Um, but that's going to allow us to have some accreditation and a standard. And there are also independent school accrediting bodies that we are looking to um, get accredited through so that people know and families feel confident that we're you know, following some guidance and best practices that are sort of globally standardized. So there's that. Um, the other thing, from a logistic standpoint, the other thing with private schools is that there's tuition involved. Right. Uh, and that's because there is no government subsidy for private and independent schools. So there are five provinces across Canada where the provincial government subsidized independent education, and so they will give up to 50% of what the average cost is to educate a public school student 
um, that funding follows that student. So if that student, and that in New Brunswick is about $13,000 so in public school. So if you take a public school student out of the public education system and put them in a private school, the governments of five provinces will give that school seven and a half um, for their education, or sorry, sorry, six and a half for their education. And that can keep tuition rates lower in those provinces. Um, or that's how it's supposed to work. So we don't have that option here. That was my next question. Yeah, so that's, that is not available to us in actually any of the Atlantic provinces. And so for that reason, the tuition that we need to charge is the tuition that is going to pay for everything. So paying for the teachers, paying for the facilities, paying for the curriculum, the accreditation, all of that has to come through private, um, through the parents paying for it. Okay. Yeah. And now people are going to want to know what is what the tuition? Is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's there on your website. It yes. is. Talk about where yeah. people can get more information. Yes. Later. And yeah. the way that we came to that number, so it's a, it's a, it's a private school. So the way that we came to that number is we actually worked backwards. So we knew that we wanted to hire um, the best teachers, the highest credential teachers, and we wanted to recruit the best and also retain the best. So we knew we would have to be competitive. Mm -hmm. So we looked at the teacher's pay scale across New Brunswick, and our commitment is to match that and ideally with time be able to go over that. Um, so knowing how many teachers we would need to teach students and calculating backwards, we derived that number of 12,500 for this year. And that's um, because we have a rented facility that uh, we, we are um, able to keep tuition at that number. So the tuition will have to increase with time, both to match inflation so that we can continue paying our teachers increased salaries every year, but also as we intend to move to a facility that is going to be beautiful. I can't show the drawings, but it's going to be beautiful. Um, it, yeah, yeah it's, it, so we, we, you know, it's really intentional how it's been designed, but th we have to offset the cost of all of that with the tuition increase. So for this year, it's 12500 Okay. And for this year, so starting in the fall yes. of 2021, mm -hmm. you're starting with grade five, five and six? six. Yeah. So it's interesting. That was, um, we had consulted with uh, a few education experts and we have two um, amazing educational advisors helping us currently with the project. And the recommendation was to really keep the cohort small rather than dispersing over many grades so that the students that came to Eastgate would have a good social network and they would have other kids and friends in their same age group. So we, we, we really were kind of mindful of not having one or two students in a grade. We wanted to have a larger cohort. So that's why we narrowed it to grades five and six. Now that being said, um, since we've announced that we are opening, just even in the last few weeks, the outpouring of requests and um, uh, you know, requests for increasing the grade offerings, going down to the elementary years, going up to the higher years have really come in. And so we have to discuss that as a board, but um, the consensus so far is that if there is a big demand in the community, and if people really, really do want increased grade offerings, then um, we're encouraging everyone to submit an inquiry form uh, on the website, which is no fee, just I'm interested, my child is this, how, this old. And if we see that there is a cohort that is large enough to open a different grade offering, then we would consider opening that other grade offering. So it's really gonna be in response to what the community wants. Okay, that yeah. must be so exciting to <laughs> see those requests yeah. coming yes. in and realizing you might have enough for another cohort yes. of another grade level. Like, yeah. How incredible that is to see the community showing such interest. Yes, it is. And it's, um, 
you know, we've, like I said, we've been working on this for over three years and it's been, um, it's been a bit of a grind to try to get it off the ground and get people excited and motivated about it. So to get to this point where we are now launching and able to share it and seeing people excited about what we've been able to create and what we're putting forth is it's super motivating mm -hmm. so it definitely makes it all worth it and um, you know the Eastgate what we're what we're creating with Eastgate Academy is really a community right so having parents say I want my child to go but I want all of my children to go and I want them all to go at the same time like I get that because <laughs> that's what we're we're trying I mean it would be nice to have a one drop off and one pick up for all of your children and not have to go all over town so I get it and and I'm and I want those families to feel welcome for all of their children at the same time so we just need to meet those critical numbers and and then we can make it happen it sounds like it'll happen fast though which is fantastic. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> so if I was a teacher yep. in New Brunswick yep. and I wanted to come teach at Eastgate, yep. do I have to have special credentials to teach there? So the uh, yes and no. Okay. So uh, in uh, a degree in, in education. Mm -hmm. and yeah, good start. Yeah. <laughs> We'll start there. Um, right now, we are looking for um, teachers who can teach more than one subject area. Uh, and for all interested teachers, we're recommending or we're asking that everyone submits um, an inquiry, even if you're not ready to apply, but you just have questions or you're thinking about maybe you'd like to at some point, um, to email Sarah Phillips, our principal, or you can email info at eastgateacademy.ca, and that goes directly to Sarah Phillips as well. And she'd be able to give you more information about that because she, as our school principal and our our head of school mm -hmm. is going to be in charge of recruiting and hiring all teaching uh, staff. As part of the programming that we are offering, it requires additional professional development. And so that is all built into our model of what we are providing our teachers. So IB requires a certain amount of um, additional courses being taken in every year, kind of uh, continuing education for, uh, for the teachers. And so that's all built into our programming and offerings for teachers. So I, it would be great if everybody who applied had IB certification <laughs> and was ready to go. Yeah. Um, but if not, that is still something we can work with. So uplifting. Yes. It's so fabulous to have, you say, not just another educational opportunity for our children, but another educational opportunity for people who are in that profession. Mm -hmm. Right? It's oh. more jobs is a wonderful thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It is. And I know from my, you know, somewhat distance experience with the IB program where I grew up, um, there's usually a lot of really, really fantastic, interesting teachers who get involved in those kind of programs because there's so much room for you know individual learning and neat projects and just some of the things i've seen come out of that program is incredible so to have it here is going to be so exciting for the community yeah mm -hmm. absolutely okay um some like just basic questions yep if my child's enrolled there yep is there a bus service or am i driving them every day not yet okay our intention is to have a bus service at some point. Okay. Everything completely depends. We worked on like what is critical to get us launched. Everything else is a wish list item and that list is very long. <laughs> we have all sorts of ambitious and wonderful ideas to make this like a fantastic uh, community school. But as of right now, we do not have a bus to drive okay. anybody. But the school is open extended hours, so from 7.30 until 4.30. So we do, even though that's they're not getting instructions from 7.30 to 4.30, there's supervision for that length of time. So you can drop your child off a little bit earlier and pick them up a little bit later. Um, eventually, we hope to have a bus service, but not yet. Okay. So if I'm thinking like that through, yeah. <laughs> I'm 
are you saying that some people might be able to drop their daycare costs that they might be uh -huh. currently incurring because this school is going to be open 7.30 to 4.30? So, correct. Um, the other thing, yes. And the other, the other thing, which um, I'm not sure how excited the kids will be about it, but we don't have to, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to, so snow days. I know that's a big mm -hmm. deal in New Brunswick. Um, snow days tend to happen because it's unsafe for the buses to stay on the roads and obviously if it's unsafe to drive we're not expecting anybody to drive anywhere but if it is reasonable for this facility to stay open and for kids to come to school we will stay open and kids can come to school sort of exactly like the after-school programs and the daycares run where mm -hmm. it's essential we stay open um, so unless it's a safety issue then of course not and our intention is um, on those types of days we would have an online um, offering for the students that can't make it in, but the students that can make it in, come on in. Excellent. Mm -hmm. That's the way, like growing up in a small town, if you could walk to school, you went to school. <laughs> and if you bus didn't come, you just didn't go to school. And those were the best days. <laughs> they were the funnest days, right? And, and if your parents would just drive you, if the bus wasn't coming, just get in the car, you're going to school anyway. So that I, is- I grew up on the East Coast. I, I, I'm, yeah, you're I'm, well aware. I'm, I'm, I'm very firm in the snow day world. <laughs> we live nowhere near a school I could walk to ever. <laughs> but I agree that it doesn't, Yes, it makes sense that you would be open yeah. if people are able to drive. It's different than buses being able to. That's to right. Go, for That's sure. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. There's just, there is, there's so many little questions that I know yeah. people are going to be wanting to ask. You guys have had some parent information sessions we already. Have. Do you yep. have more coming up? So we haven't scheduled any formally coming up, but they are available to anybody who's interested. So for families um, who are at home thinking about it, considering it, and even if their children aren't in grade five, grade six this year, but they want to know a little bit more so they can plan ahead, we encourage everybody to reach out to Sarah um, through the website, through the email, and she can arrange uh, individual information sessions one-on-one -on -one or just talk to people. If there is, uh, we'll probably run another series of parent information sessions at a later date because they, they were well received, but I mean, reach out anytime for questions. It's not, um, we're not being very formal and strict about it. Like you missed the open house too bad. Like, of course not. <laughs> like we're just launching for the first time. So we're very open to getting people up to speed on what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we all have this like idea in our heads of a private school, right? And movies and TV <laughs> and whatever. Do they have to wear uniforms? <laughs> okay, so yes. <laughs> Okay. So yes, and and that's being finalized right now in terms of what kind of uniforms. They're not going to be super rigid and maybe like the movies you're referring right. to, although I don't know what's in your head right now. <laughs> yeah. But Everyone they're matching khakis and skirts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. No, and so the, there's. I know there's pros and cons debates on uniforms. The reason why we're we are going with a uniform is because um, it takes away a lot of stress. Um, it, everyone kind of looks the same-ish, like mm -hmm. there's some options, and you don't focus on um, what that person is wearing or the latest trend or I need to buy these expensive shoes or that expensive, like it, that's gone and you can just um, be a kid and go to school and focus on why you're there um, as opposed to how you look and how you're presenting yourself every day. I mean, professionally, of course, but um, at least everyone, you kind of take that out of the out of the equation. It shortens your morning routine too, yeah. right? Like pull over, you know, yeah. it's it's a lot easier to get dressed. Yeah. I never thought of that actually, shortening <laughs> yeah, the morning no, routine. There, yeah. there's, there are a lot of, lot yeah. of positive reasons <laughs> yeah. to go with that. So we are going to have to wrap up our conversation before we run out of time. 
So can you let everyone know about the website, the social media, where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. So the website's the best place to get our most up-to-date information because Sarah has been updating the blog posts, which also have some educational materials on there, like why IB, why middle years, et cetera. So I would direct everybody there, and that's www.eastgateacademy.ca. Uh, we have an active Facebook page, uh, which you can also get a lot of information from. You can email uh, Sarah at uh, info at eastgateacademy.ca. We have an Instagram and LinkedIn, LinkedIn page in the works. There's not much on there yet, but it is coming. So we're evolving with our social media. But the website and the Facebook would be your best steps forward to um, getting information and in touch with us. Great. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming. This has been yes. really educational. Thank, oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening and for watching and we hope that you go find out more about the school and ask them lots of questions and of course keep listening for more yes. fantastic interviews here on the podcast. See you next week. <laughs>